1: Welcome back. As we head into hour two, uh, resuming our Fridays with George. George Kayla. He is the managing partner at the Resolute Group and the head of Data Orbital, uh, bringing in the reinforcements today because I might have been just a little too dismissive of the Kirsten Cinema news. <laughs> anyway, George, welcome back to the studio. It's good to see you,
2: sir. Always good to be on with you, Seth.
1: All right. So you woke you woke up to this news, I assume, or heard it late last night about Kirsten Cinema. And it opens up. We had Eric uh, Spencer on earlier talking about some of the uh, the electioneering technicalities that are uh, that that are interesting. There are some other interesting things going on here. Talk to us, George.
2: Just unload. So two two angles really to look at this through. I mean, one from a public policy perspective. I do believe when she says that not much will change in the sense of it's not all of a sudden she is moderating her yeah. positions. So candidly to any Republicans that are viewing this as some sort of celebration that she's inching closer to the right, that's not that's not cinema. Cinema is independent, and now she is just wearing that badge <clears throat> and that jersey for political reasons, which we'll talk about in sort of the second aspect of this. But policy-wise, I don't expect any changes. Now, it's interesting that, by the way, There's a comparison point. Unlike Sanders and Angus King, she actually will not attend caucus meetings for the Democrats. And so there is some difference. She is definitely distancing herself in a different way than Sanders and King do. So setting that second, though, from a political perspective, to me, this is genius. I I mean, I think and a lot of observers had estimated that it would have been exceptionally difficult for her to win in a Democratic primary. And she is a very smart political operator. And she saw what just transpired from a results perspective in this past election cycle. And she's probably calculating she'll keep some Democrats. She'll be able to pick up a lot of independents and she'll be able to probably pick up even more Republicans now that she does not have a D next to her name. And she'll behave as such. That's if she chooses to run for re-election. I would assume, though, that this setup is to allow her to do so, because otherwise, uh, what strategic reason do you have to do this?
1: So Eric and I were saying we were looking for how to read the tea leaves as to whether she'll run. The fact that she did this
2: is the tea leaves that she will. To me, that is the case, because, again, she's been operating 51-49 Senate or 50-50 Senate. She's been operating as an independent senator anyway. So why do this? Right. I think she does this because Gallego's making moves— Congressman Ruben Gallego is making moves to potentially primary her. She takes that now off the table. She makes the Democrats sort of make the decisions that they're going to make. This now makes it very interesting for the Republicans who are going to make the decisions that they're going to make. And it allows her to, you know, to go full steam ahead. Fascinating.
1: Uh, talk about Gallego for me, uh, with me for a moment. Um, he put out a statement today uh, that makes it look like he will be running. I was told Stanton put out a statement. I didn't see it. I don't know if you did. That made it look, according at least to Eric's read, that it looks like he's going to run. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the, the potential for a Democratic primary, which will be the first vibrant Democratic party we've, uh, primary we've seen in a long time, I think. Hold that thought for a moment. Gallego strikes me as, as, as someone from the left field of the Democratic Party for Arizona. What kind of purchase do you think a Gallego candidacy will
2: have here? I mean, he is an unabashed progressive even his conduct on social media yeah. and his demeanor yeah. on Twitter, he's yeah. a very aggressive personality. He says words I can't. Right. Yeah. And and it's different to be a left-wing progressive and then run for Secretary of State and then be a left-wing progressive and run for Senate. All the senators that have won nationally are still trying to be some level, you know, definitely a little bit more independent in red states, but even especially in Arizona. Mark Kelly, less obviously of an independent streak than Sinema, is still has is under that guise. And so- you know he clearly is going to come into this election with twenty to twenty-five percent of the electorate. I do think he will struggle to make up any other ground because what's the incentive of a Republican? If you are going to defect away from your party, you'll defect to cinema. Why would you ever defect to Gallego? And then if you're an independent, again, unless a <clears throat> left-wing progressive who happens to be registered as an independent, again, what incentive do you do you have? I really think this takes away. A lot of ammunition he would have had to challenge her in a primary because she now does not have to deal with that. And
1: Stanton, I kind of view as a Mark Kelly type in the sense that he gives the Democrats everything he everything they normally want, particularly in the fundraising community, which is important. But he, but but he 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 for some reason gets the the scepter nod as being some kind of moderate or some kind of more the kind of Democrat
2: moderates can live with, for the, the same way, I guess, the way Kelly played it. it sure. Is that a fair comparison? It, it is a fair comparison. I will be candid, though, at least in my estimation, and who am I to tell as a Republican strategist what's going to happen in the Democratic primary, but I would assume that Gallego and the machine that he has is a lot more powerful than the Stanton machine and the machine that he oh, has, and the district that Stanton now hails from, uh, a lot of it is the overlap of okay. cinema, so that's going to be the anchor of her machine. Uh huh. And so I think it'll be tough for Stanton to get across the line. But I think, I mean, I don't know. I I would doubt that they may even stop it too. Because at this point, if they're going to choose to allow it to be a free-for-all and not clear the field like what they did for Evan McMullin, which I don't think the Democrats have an incentive to do like what they did in Utah, they do here, very different dynamic. I think it's a free-for-all on the left. But now also, it's going to be a free-for-all on the right because now there's an opportunity there. there. Right, right. So theoretically, we could
1: see almost maybe everyone who ran in the – is it unfair to call it a jungle primary what is the big primary for senate right we could see everyone who ran in that might be thinking about it and of course i'm also seeing a little bit of the name of doug ducey thrown around
2: as well right right all all bets are off i mean anytime something like this happens in politics it's i mean this one truly is a once in a lifetime type Mm -hmm. event Mm -hmm. you put your hat in the ring some people may have okay too much to lose so fine that's a factor but if you don't have another perch in position as long as you don't conduct a some sort of flagrantly negligent campaign to use that phrase, why not? why not put your hand there because you never know what happens This really is a this really is a very unique position to be, then it begs the question, okay, so if cinema's going to occupy the middle right is it strategic yeah. to then occupy the far right and to animate the base, and so then it really is the bases versus the middle and who's stronger? That would be a very interesting test to the theory of. Who has the plurality in Arizona? What bucket is the strongest? Is it the far, right, far left, or the middle?
1: Yeah, that is interesting because, uh, as I learned um she has no by definition, she has no primary. She will have no primary by law, and so if she can get the signatures not not an easy thing by the way uh it's I'll, a lot of signatures it's all it's I think Eric said ten times what the Republicans or Democrats have to get which yeah, it's is about re-
2: forty five to fifty thousand mm-hmm. that's just to meet the minimum, and you obviously have to get about twenty thirty percent more than that right. at least. But she can get them from any registration or
1: no affiliated res- registration so long as she's the first to get them. They yes. they count the first one if you sign two. But it makes the interesting uh, discussion point you're raising, which is to win a primary. <laughs> if you're a Republican or a Democrat, to win a primary, you're going to have to run right for the Republican probably and run left, Gallego type, for the Democratic and then to run against her – that, you know, once you, if 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 your primary statements kind of kind of kind of stick to you, adhere to you, yeah, she she may be in the capert seat.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it's going to come down to who has a quarter to half a million dollars to invest in research for the first six months of this coming year. Once this election has had time to settle in people's minds to really be able to dissect, because, again, it's going to come down to math. Are there enough? base Republicans or base Democrats that take her on, you have to assume she's a smart operator. You have to assume she's going to have money, and you have to assume she will occupy the middle. I think it's going to be tough to squeeze her from both sides. I don't think that that's a viable path. I also don't think this is going to be like what happened in Oregon for the governor's race, where the independent got like 6%, or what happened in the congressional race with Andy Biggs. She's not a no-name independent. She is the incumbent. It's a very different calculation. But again, it's going to it's whoever has money to prove out the data, I think, is going to be in a much better position on no matter what party you come from uh, in terms of analyzing the potential outcomes for this race.
1: Possibly an unfair question for you, um, because you do most of your work in the Republican field. Uh, What kind of fundraising apparatus can Cinema have? It seems to me that she has been thumbing her eye, at least reputationally into a lot of the Democratic Party's coffers or, you know, deep pockets, people who like the Democratic Party and thought they were getting a straight Democrat with her. By doing this, she may lose some of that. She's going to she's going to have a to look at a different kind of apparatus or quote-unquote
2: machine. What's your sense of that? Was she losing it already a little or were people just so happy? Anyway, you, you take the point. I, I think she had lost it a bit, which is why she made this decision. I really do think that I don't, I don't believe she does anything by accident. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I am told and what I understand and even the statement released today by the Arizona Chamber, you would expect that a lot of the people that have means are people, frankly, that are in the middle. My assumption would be that she has methodically, or she will now, between now and whenever she announces, test the waters. Look, there is a chance she doesn't do it. What if she makes 150, 200 calls to all the top executives in the state, and they're like, yeah, we can't take this risk. Okay, fine. Then maybe she doesn't have a path. My assumption would be she picks up all those people, and she has been proven in the Senate, whether you like or don't like the end product, to put deals together. That makes that constituency very happy they okay. want deal making to be done Yeah, i think she could attract them but proof's in the pudding yeah i can think of i, I
1: can think of, of a segment that would go for that that's into let me take a quick commercial break george kaloff is our guest um, happy to take calls uh too. our phone number is 602-508-0960 george and i'll be right back To the Seth Leipson show, we were just talking about Kirsten Cinema's uh, strengths. I mean, she—I she, she, think she's done at least. I know she's done at least one Iron Man. I don't know if she's she might have done two. But to think about what it takes, to, what what is it? an Iron Man is a marathon? What is it? A mile swim, a marathon, and an eighteen-mile bike ride, or something like that? It's an yeah. impo- it's, it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot. <laughs> Whatever That's it is for me, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. Um, George Kalov is our guest from the Resolute Group and uh, Data Orbital consulting uh, George she's also obviously looking uh, S- uh, senator cinema is is obviously looking at the at the at the natural numbers of the constituency of Independence in Arizona now we don't really have an independent party so we they're really I guess more technically called non-affiliated non uh, Republican non-democrat yes. uh, population in Arizona but registered to vote Um the registration i think we were not we were just uh, saying it's about 34 plus republican about 33 plus non registered and about 30 plus so the 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 non the non registered are, are 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 heavier than the democrats in arizona who are they who are by your
2: estimation who are these people that are not registered r or d so very consistently in our polling, we see that they are people that self-identify ideologically as moderate, all right? Now, when they do identify as an ideology, they do lean more to the right, okay? So there is there's definitely a sense that there are disgruntled Republicans that are exceptionally conservative and feel the Republican Party is not conservative enough that are part of the ranks, uh-huh. Um, but about 50 to 55% self-identify as moderate. So it is, cons- it is significant. And then another mid-teens, 15+, plus self-identify as conservative and less than that progressive or liberal. Uh, these are people that also have a lower-than-average engagement in the election. So their turnout is just lower than the Democrats or Republicans. And so you know, there is something consistently people think, oh, well, I'm going to register as an independent. There was someone who did that against a client of mine two cycles ago who ran for the state senate in the West Valley. Name is Kathy Connect. You don't automatically get all the independence, right? Cinema's unique. She's doing this for all sorts of other reasons, namely, to not go through a certain type of primary. That doesn't necessarily help her. Um, but a lot of them uh, – and, and again, I'm not a huge fan of just not identifying because, one, it makes my life harder. But seriously, I don't think Take that a people – side. Right? Like, like people <laughs> don't really have an <laughs> Have an ethic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but again, I mean in this country, unlike in other parts of the world, we don't have 40 different right. parties where you can identify in parliament. And so you pick one team or another team. If you don't want to be part of any team, you're just sort of showing your dissatisfaction. So the ranks of independence growing is problematic for any party because it just means these are people that are disgruntled from public policy and politics. But that's the exact – uh, aura that cinema wants to bring i 'm not saying she is i mean i don 't know on some issues she 's not moderate at all like on cultural issues she 's just as left as left is, but on a lot of these economic even on immigration, she is more moderate so we 'll see how that plays out obviously
1: uh, and, and 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 if a republican i mean a Republican will run so when a Republican runs, but one of the considerations that a Republican is really going to have to think about very heavily is probably self fund i mean it 's probably going to have to have a lot of money of their own.
2: Yeah, right. yeah. Where does money come from, right? right. So, someone right. like Gallego, his money comes from Act Blue and the progressive apparatus right. that they have that are now just irate against cinema. Right. Cinema's money probably comes from the center left to center business community and probably center right to a degree, depending mm-hmm. on who it is. Mm-hmm. And then the right wing money, there's just we don't have the same structure as an Act Blue to funnel all this super conservative cash. Uh, Lake was able to do this to a large degree. Carrie Lake was that's not easily replicatable, so it is going to have to rely on some self funding because otherwise. A lot of the usual suspects in Arizona, I think, are already going to have picked a a horse.
1: Interesting. Interesting.
2: Okay. What else do you
1: want to say about this before we move on to the story that I think should be the story of the day, which is Twitter? But if there is anything else to say on this.
2: It's going to be – you're going to laugh at this. Uh, Throw everything that we just said out the window because this is unprecedented. There's a lot of conjecture. There's a lot that has to happen and triangulate for anyone to have uh, success in this scenario – uh, the thing that I consistently come back to is, if you're into betting, you bet on cinema because she has proven capable of remaking herself from something that was a left wing, ultra progressive socialist, proto socialist, whatever she called herself, to where she is today. And it's not easy to go from being AOC at the state level to being a you know mansion at the national level. Yeah, and so. Uh, she is very capable but there's a lot of unprecedented uh, waters that we're about to come into and i also believe that this is going to cause a lot of disruption down ballot we talked about this a little bit off air there's going to be i think some congressional seats that open up cuz if you're anyone who is remotely capable at this point who feels like they don't have a lot to lose why don't you throw your hat in the ring cuz anything is possible this is a it's a it's a free for all yeah, we, we don't have this.
1: territory is the state is is the state a cinema state is it a is it a um is it a is it a Schweikert say? I mean, we we did just get a bit of a test on this. You know, my whole worry and concern about whether we're still center right or not. I guess we got a bit of a test on this by picking up house seats, but but I don't know how
2: do you how do you how do you look at Arizona? I mean, look, Arizona. I still think is a generally Republican state, but it's not. You know, and I've made not ten comparison. years ago. It's not ten years ago. It's also not Wyoming. But it never was that. I think we had a misconception based on someone like McCain, who ran for president, and then Romney for very different reasons. They had a higher performance than than average. I think it would be interesting to go back to another person speaking of McCain. What does someone like Cindy McCain do, right? Uh-huh. I think that if Cinema throws her hat in the ring, who knows? Maybe there's a potential. There could be interesting, <laughs> but a lot has to go right for Cinema for that to come down. Oh my god! Um, but then imagine if there's a moderate Republican, to use that label for these purposes, that runs. Uh, that then squeezes out on the Republican side, then cinema 's going to have a heck of a time, and then maybe that emboldens yeah. Gallego because his base will be solid yeah right? that's so just interesting right so there 's some of these dynamics if if you know obviously to predict the future, which is what we get paid quote unquote to do is to at least uh, anticipate the future. Uh, I think people are going to take some time to let this news settle in. I think she 's very strategic to do it now and not have it be directly coinciding with a announcement of re-election, which she was very clear to make sure people know that she was not committing to because I think this is her first step into the water. Now she's like, all right, can I actually swim the smile and finish the Iron Man or... Yeah. is it my time to buy out? Bow out, and I've gotten a lot done. If you're her, you're yeah. saying this. I've gotten a lot done, but there's just no path for me. Can
1: she start collecting time, or is there is there is there a wait time collecting signatures?
2: Uh, she has to formally, you know, file Create. and file her okay. statement of interest to be able to do that. Uh, and and she, I would assume, would not do that until the new year at some point. Okay,
1: but she does have to get a move on with this. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, the minimum is a forty to
2: forty-eight, yeah. which means she's gonna yeah. have to get fifty-five to sixty. That's yeah. that's like ballot measure yeah. level. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, George, uh, when we. Co- okay, here it is. An Iron Man is a 2.4 mile swim. Oh, yeah, I was underestimating this. I forgot. It, an Iron Man is a 2.4 mile swim, a 112 mile bike ride, and a marathon, which is 26. Oh,
2: miles. the other one sounds easy, Seth. Yeah, I know. The other one. <laughs> I know. I
1: was <laughs> I was undercutting the beast and straight. 18
2: mile bike ride? Let's do 18 it?
1: 18 mile bike ride. I know. I was, I, when I said it, I thought, yeah, that doesn't sound. Yeah. 2.4 mile swim. Can you also tell me if she's done two or one? I, th- I know one. I thought maybe two, maybe two. George K. Love and I will be right back. Show. George Kaloff is our guest. He is the managing partner at the Resolute Group and um, also the head of uh, Data Orbital. You like a little Johnny Cash there? I do. I was getting into I love Johnny it. Cash. I grew up on Johnny Cash. Doug is um, is a good citizen here, George, and he's been on hold. Uh, and, uh, Doug, we're going to double team you. You're on with George Kaloff and myself. Anything you want.
3: Fairly intimidated just by you, Seth, much <laughs> less if we're using... Two great intellects. Now, well, I'm God. intimidated
1: by George, so the you-know-what flows downhill here, <laughs> <hair>, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, listen, it, it, it's a pleasure listening to you, George. Your your knowledge is, is breathtaking. Um, Thank you. I, I was thinking about where we are as Republicans because, Seth knows, I've called several times uh, saying that I don't fear liberals, I fear, I fear ourselves, in that we need to come together and and not be shooting ourselves and i was referring to conservatives but i've heard charlie kirk talk about um the maga under self-destruction that people are discouraged by the election stayed home um we have the establishment wing saying they're not going to play ball with conservative maga types even though they insist we played ball with them and i was thinking about this i have a quote from lincoln that you know drives me and he basically said this we the people are the rightful masters of both congress and the courts not to overthrow the constitution but to overthrow the men who pervert the constitution and i don't care what part of the republican party that we stand you stand in we have to view the republican party as the best road to overthrow the left in its perversion of the Constitution, and these personal petty battles should not take precedence to that main goal.
1: I'll let I'll let uh, I'll let George respond in a second, Doug. This is something I've been biting my tongue on saying this hour, though it, it raises it, uh, which is you've probably watched with me, Doug, or listened with me over the last two or so years. Republicans here and there saying, you know, I could see voting for a cinema for the first time, voting for a Democrat, and I have been. So opposed to that, uh, because, you know, you're going to get maybe 10 percent of what you want versus maybe getting 80 percent of what you want. Uh, and I think you're speaking a little bit to that. But I'll I'll let George take a swing at your pitch here.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I have long said uh, and I'm not an opponent of primaries because they are a necessary portion of the way that we run elections in the United States of America. But what I am opposed to is two things. One, something that I know is tough to change because of the way that Arizona is—how late our primary is. We cannot come back together quickly enough, like in places like Texas that have brutal primaries, but in March, and they've got months <laughs> before November, not in August. And and two, uh, we need to post primary, not just come back. Uh, together, just for the sake of coming back together, but find ways that we can uh you know we can find common ground now ideologically as conservatives, we are more independent minded that is just a factor of life and the factor of the ideology that is rooted in philosophical ideology that 's rooted in so many of of the people that ascribe as republicans and so it 's not it 's an easier said than done type thing uh, but I would challenge ourselves uh, and and we come back to something and i 'll end on this we come back to something that you and I talk a lot about, Seth, which is Leaders. Mm -hmm. People want to follow convicting leaders, and there's no way we come together as a party if we don't have a leader that allows us to come together. Period. Hard stop. Democrats did it around Obama. Republicans did do it in 16 around Trump uh, and and so on and so forth. Republicans did it around Reagan. You go back in history. We've done it time and time again. Without a leader, we don't come together.
1: But Doug also, and I'll let you say another word if you want, Doug, you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. George will correct me whenever I'm wrong. I hope that it does tend to run more in one direction in the post primary when when the conservatives are disappointed, they tend to rally to the less conservative much better, much louder, much more ardently than the other way around. You're, I, that's been my read of it, Doug, and it's totally frustrating to me. 100%. We it always is, have, oh. okay, we didn't like McCain, we didn't like Romney, but we did our duty. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. really ever oh. go the other direction very not. much.
3: Yeah, you're, you're totally right. And it's totally frustrating because the establishment and the moderate you know, wing basically says that we should be supporting them. And right. we do and then they spit on us and call us, you know, yeah. rubes, yeah. you know. But I think no matter what, I don't care how mo- how often they spit on me, I will crawl over glass to g- vote for another Republican because yeah. they're 80% better than yeah.
1: any Democrat. That's, that's the right sentiment, Doug. Bless you, sir. Have a blessed weekend. Check in next week. It's been a while since we heard from you. It's nice to hear from you. George and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Gold has been used as money for nearly 3,000 years, and today it still remains a common sense investment, simple and straightforward. While you don't need pushy commission salespeople to tell you why you should buy gold because you probably already want it, what you do want and probably need is a reputable dealer with advice based on experience and a complete range of coins and bullion so you get what you want at the best value. And that is the Midas Gold Group. They're veteran owned, they're proud supporters of this show and this station. And they daily fight for your right to the financial stability and privacy that gold offers. I know these guys. They're just great guys. Trust them. Trust them as I do, as Sebastian Gorka does, and as thousands of you already do. The Midas Gold Group. Check them out online at MidasGoldGroup.com. That's MidasGoldGroup.com. Or give them a call at 480-360-3000. That's uh, 480-360-3000. Alan is in Phoenix. Alan, you're on with uh, George Kaloff.
4: Hey, guys. Um, I, I get kind of a different read on what cinema's doing, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, she hates the globalist left. She doesn't like it. She tells them she doesn't want to be trapped in the, in, in, the, in the Democrat box. And when she and Manchin went to the White House to negotiate whatever, she saw who was actually running stuff. She saw how feeble Biden is. She saw Susan Rice and all these people whom she actually hates. Um, and she knows that she doesn't want to be associated with that because that's the problem. Nobody's really enunciating who the real evil actors are. You know, the issues are this or that. It comes down to certain people. Well, voting-wise, she's likable. <laughs> she's an easy politician to like, and going independent is going to help her a lot. She wasn't worried about any primarying. It's, nobody was going to be more likable than her. Um, and I can see her pulling Kelly over to being an independent um, because he'll never run again. He'll have six years to be and independent and because he's not a radical i mean he votes like one because that's unfortunate but astronauts aren't radical um and i bet you they can draw between now and the end of the year maybe four or five others and then caucus with the republicans and actually help save things you know we should be trying to get them to caucus with the republicans honestly um and, and if they can get two or three then the majority goes over and then we can have a whole different effect for the next two years
1: all right. Yeah, that is a different read than I think I have, and I think maybe George has,
2: but I'll let you respond first, George. I mean, look, I guess crazier things have happened, so I'll start off with that. I, I She works across the aisle. Uh, she votes with Republicans maybe 15 percent of the time. If that. If that, yeah. Uh, the individual who has the most incentive to switch parties as a full-blown Republican and to caucus with the Republicans is Manchin, and he has repeatedly said he's not going to do it. I just, I mean, I don't get what the incentive would be for her, right? I mean, she is a lot more powerful. She's already functioned as someone who is set apart anyways, and so she'll continue to set herself apart. Um, But uh, like I've said, crazier things have happened, so I guess we'll see how the next six to nine months unfold. Who knows? But if the left completely Schumer and them, they completely disown her to a degree and— I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I'm pretty
1: much on the same page. Um, if if you're if if Manchin isn't going to do it, um, I don't I don't I don't see it happening from cinema. The globalist left. I don't know. I, ju- I just I don't know that she even really kind of thinks in those terms. Although I will say I'm sure she doesn't have much love lost for this administration, which would not stand up to the left that chased her in a bathroom. At ASU. In fact, Joe Biden says that's kind of what happens here. You know, you get that. that That's how we do it here. Boy, they they started singing a different song after that when it was Republicans doing it. But uh, but I don't think she has much of a love for him. But she did kind of come from that world, too. I mean, she was AOC before AOC was popular. And I think that's worth remembering.
2: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. She was a popular name, hundred percent. I mean, she was the original. That's why I used that comparison earlier. She was that original version, just at the state level, and she wasn't very known. And then she she remade herself. And again, I do think part of it is like, look, I mean, there's one thing to being quote unquote a good at acting, but this has now been a decade plus, and so she's. I I do think she has made a genuine progression, Uh, and of course, you mix in some you know some political flair and. You get cinema.
1: So political consultants are going to have to kind of study the
2: mind and soul of people who can do Ironmans. I I don't think that that is a bad use of time because there has to be a certain mentality type and personality that that does that. And if she's done two there's a lot that comes into this race that's part of that background that she has everyone has things that they bring into stuff for her I do think that that's a unique part of who she is today
1: yeah yeah no I mean it goes to an inner gut and an inner strength against all odds too I mean just against all odds let us not forget what it uh, what it takes to do an Ironman it is a marathon it is a what are the numbers guys I lost it already I'm sorry 2.4 swim
2: 118 118 miles miles and a marathon
1: yeah and a marathon all in one day anyway we're okay we got. Got it. George, the other big political story is this Twitter files story. Uh, Certainly, you must have thoughts on this.
2: I do. I mean, look, whatever you think of how Elon Musk has or has not handled the takeover of Twitter, um, an important enough vehicle that that Twitter was and definitely was two, three years ago, they are now have they've been proved to have actively censored and shadow banned. And every other variation of it, whether it's things around COVID, whether it's things around elected officials, whether it's things around people that were uh, questioning different policies, they were getting there from people in the White House or in this office or that place, that's a major problem. I mean, even here, our Secretary of State asked them to take stuff down. Hobbes is going to be now, who's the governor-elect. So, I mean, we've got some big issues with that. And again, regardless of what you think of Elon Musk and how he's handled stuff, that's not an insignificant company. It's not like there's like a couple thousand people that use Twitter. There's a significant amount of individuals that utilize that platform, and S- almost sixty million in the U.S.
1: Almost sixty million. Now, I mean, of course, he's going to have to probably surf out some of these bots and stuff. But I mean, even if you assume a million bot, even if you assume ten million bots, you're at fifty yeah. million. And and let's say, and Which I always say- more than the combined audience of every r- radio talk show and television. News
2: channel right. and it's a niche audience, so that's the other thing. So I always tell clients of mine who are running for public office. I'm like, look, Twitter is not the place where you're going to talk to voters, but there are a lot of you know decision makers and people in the know. Mm-hmm. So there is a power of controlling that. Right? There's a use case for everything. Why would you want to control the narrative around COVID to those individuals? Because those are the people that are setting COVID policy. Right. They may not be voters, but they're decision makers. Right. And they're people in the echo chamber, and they're journalists and they're politicos. They're radio hosts that then go on their stations and talk about stuff from the left and from the right. And there was a
1: reason they decided to engage in these shadow bans. I mean, they didn't do it for no reason, right? They didn't do it to think that they wouldn't have an effect. There's a power there. Twitter
2: is powerful. And for people, there was commentary I saw yesterday that said, look, it's not going to go away because there's no one to replace it right now. Now, down the line, it may be replaceable, obviously, because we've seen social media platforms replace one another. But right now, none of the ones that are existing have the real-time, on-demand, non-picture-based uh, activity that Twitter does. Right. And so it's not going away anytime soon. And it's significant what is transpiring and what they did do, uh, frankly, mostly, and almost exclusively to help the left and the narrative of the left. You wouldn't run
1: a candidate that didn't have a Twitter account. I mean, you would tell them to get a Twitter. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would help, you would help
2: create Look, Sometimes it, sure. at the local level, legislative level, they're like, all right, fine. Maybe we could take a pass. But on anything other than that, I mean, yeah, of course, there's a reason why our elected officials do, even if voters aren't right. there, because there's a whole different constituency that are there
1: and that's a piece of the news that will be buried today which is elon musk saying this morning that there were candidates conservative and republican candidates that were also shadow banned that's playing with let's see the if one democratic candidate was shadow banned i one wonder was? if that'll ever no i'm just saying let's yeah. see i wonder yeah. if that'll ever come yeah. out probably yeah. no. probably okay. no is the answer why would they be george and i'll be right back Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by our good friends at YReFi. If you are concerned about stock market volatility and looking for an investment in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market, take a look at YReFi. It's a portfolio where you'll know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. You can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose, no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time time. It's a secure collateralized portfolio that delivers an up to 10.25% rate of return and up to ten and a quarter percent rate of return. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm and you can check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com. Or call 888-Y-Refi34. 888-Y-Refi34. Great guys who do really well by doing good for others and you can be a part of that. Okay, I got an email during the break here, George. Uh I'm going to let you s- s- say a-, a word about it because I think it probably does represent um a big a-, a big chunk of the Democratic Party. This this listener writes um I'm a Democrat. You guys can have her. Enjoy your show, play some Marshall Tucker Brand. <laughs> but, yeah, there is a, there is that sentiment in the Democratic Party uh, that that we can't discount. Um, obviously, Gallego represents, I think, some of it. Yeah. But, I mean, again, to the Republicans, we're looking at 100% rating from the NEA. We're looking at 100% rating from Planned Parenthood and NARAL and these other groups. I mean— but, but there is that Democratic view. They, I mean, you, you let them down on a couple things, I guess, like what, the filibuster, and and they're done with you?
2: But but it's also the way that she conducts herself. So, yeah, yeah. policy is it, yeah. but she, there's now a conduct that is apparently, quote-unquote, more Republican. I'm telling you, Seth, I moderated focus groups where Democrats were a heck no on her in terms of likability, and Republicans half the room was like, oh, yeah, I'd love cinema, and these are Scottsdale Republicans, <laughs> which is the Democratic she's going after. So, look— There's no decision she makes that's not intentional and calculated. She looked at numbers and she saw her numbers upside down. I'm not surprised to hear Democrats say that, hey, you can have her because even if the voting record is what it is, we're in an era of politics where it is about tone and tenor and approach and some of the moves she puts on social media, the ring, the clothes, all of it. Like she just does very interesting things to send signals that have, over time, I think, grinded the gears of your average party uh, Democrat. Only only
1: about an unfair question, because it's a big one, and if you want to put it off to next week, but if you can do it in 20 seconds. We talk about purity tests a lot in the Republican Party, particularly in the primary.
2: Do the Democrats have a purity test problem
1: the way Republicans do.
2: do? 100% they do. It's just not aired. We, I always joke, we air our dirty laundry way more than Democrats yeah. do from a political uh party perspective we're going to see a little bit more of that now but 100 percent both sides are experiencing the same thing interesting all right
1: josh hammer coming up uh, next hour he's the uh, opinion editor at newsweek don't go away he's always interesting and uh, i am seth leaps and george kaloff thanks for your hour with us thanks for everything you do with us we'll be right back